What is going on, everybody? It is a beautiful Monday. It is not only Christmas weekend, or well, Christmas weekend just passed, so happy holidays, everybody. But the Buffalo Bills have won the, the basically the game of the year for them, as far as they're concerned at the at the moment. Uh, they beat the New England Patriots, and it is a happy victory Monday. So um, tonight we got wow, we just got so many amazing people <laughs> on this show. So I'm like, yeah, man, I'm a little overwhelmed, man. It, it is just greatness all around. We got. Miss T Estelle from Not Your Average Podcast in the 716. How are you doing? Happy holidays, T. How are Thank you? Thank you. I am good. Happy holidays. Happy holidays. Happy holidays. <laughs> Happy holidays. Absolutely. We got Mr. Vince Taylor, Buffalo on the Brain Podcast every single Monday. How are you doing, Vince? Happy holidays, bro. Hey, man. Thank you. I am always doing better than I deserve. And tell you, I'm doing extra well because I get to sit here and hang out at the adult table with you guys. And <laughs> I'm telling you, it makes me feel good to be surrounded with all this talent. I, I need it to rub off on me. So I'm here with you guys and, and uh, you can pull me up a little. Hey, man. <laughs> it's, it's our pleasure. You know, you're, you're the man, Vince. Uh, everybody loves Vince. But I mean, we got the boss, King Rich, Akeem Richens. What's going on, man? Happy holidays, bro. Uh, uh, happy holidays. If you hear music in the background, I apologize. I think uh, my neighbors downstairs, they are also Bills fans, and they are continuing the celebration for all of us. So um, I'm just <laughs> I'm just glad to be here. And and, and this is a, a, a great victory Monday, beating and defeating the Patriots in the fashion we did at Foxborough. So I'm happy to be here. Absolutely. Absolutely. I think we all can agree to that. That is an amazing feeling. And last, but most certainly not least, well, we have the co-host of uh, Conflict of Interest podcast with, you know, Mr. A. Rich and also Mr. Dan Kelly. How you doing, Dan? Happy holidays, bro. Happy holidays and a ho, ho, ho. The champs are here. <laughs> Number one in the AFC East. The title returns, guys, back to the Buffalo Bills. I like that. Dan, how how confident were you that the Bills would take the title back? Not as confident as I would like to admit, but I'm happy that it happened. <laughs> I, I wanted to be, and we were feeling good. We were feeling good pregame, and the game went just how we wanted it to, Justice. You had some great predictions in that one. Isaiah McKenzie going off being one of them. You mentioned the wrong Isaiah, but we'll we'll let it slide. I mentioned both Isaiahs, but I did also mention Isaiah, you know, McKenzie. And, and Isaiah McKenzie did the damn thing. My man was out there balling. Yeah. Right? Yeah, he was going crazy. Oh, my God. What, what, what Did you expect that, T? Like, what, what, was, what, what was your thought process during watching all of this happen? Well, when, um, me and Mike, when we did our podcast, I said that um, Beasley was down. We're going to need Isaiah McKenzie to step up. And step up he did. Like, I, I was with you. I was like, okay, they gotta they gotta make sure Hodgins is also active. So, but I was excited to see that McKinsey had a phenomenal game. He caught almost every ball on the field, right? He caught all the balls on the field, I guess, all his um receivers. So I was excited. I was excited for him. Like he needed that. Little Dirk needed that. I loved it. I loved it. He was um he was definitely balling out. I loved it. For sure, for sure. And who expected him to kind of be Josh's go-to target? Like I know. It, was, it, it got to a point where it was kind of like I was as comfortable seeing the ball go to 19 as I would be seeing the ball go to 14. And right? sometimes uh, I was like, wait, was that 14? I was like, no, that's 19. I'm like, <laughs> listen, he was everywhere. 
he was everywhere. Now you have to make plays for Isaiah. You have to. You mm -hmm. you have to keep him on the field. The offense flows with him on the field. Vince, well, I liked do, do I you liked your tweet to um, a rich. I liked to tweet about they have to give him more more can more candy or something. <laughs> Most definitely, Isaiah McKenzie. <laughs> Uh, Isaiah McKenzie, I believe he caught 11 out, of, 11 out of 12 targets, one a buck 25 yesterday. Yeah, he was he was tremendous. And, 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 and listen, man, I, I don't want to. It's one game, right? And consistency have to show. But he looked a lot like Tyreek Hill yesterday to me. I see. And I not seen only some, that, I seen some Tyreek Hill, some Tyreek Hill flashes definitely. Hey, Rich, let me let me ask you this: Have thinking about your entire time of seeing Isaiah McKenzie on the field as a Bills fan and the entire time he's been with Buffalo. Let's take just put him in the offense, not even necessarily as a returner. Do you remember more good or more bad when you think of Isaiah McKenzie in the offense? Uh, I definitely think of more good in the offense for Isaiah McKenzie, right? I think that the, the label of being called a gadget is is ultimately held Isaiah McKenzie back from being a part of the offense from the Buffalo Bills. And now that we have no choice because of injury or because of COVID, right? We have no choice but to put Isaiah McKenzie at that slot receiver position. And now we get to watch him flourish. And now I think the Buffalo Bills uh, staff can take him seriously going forward as a, as a, as a slot receiver for this Bills offense. I think I totally agree. So Vince, get, give it to me. Do you think Isaiah McKenzie has earned more PT, you know, get more plays called his way? Yes, I absolutely do. And I, I think that goes into next year. I, I think uh, there's a certain guy on this team that needs to start <laughs> becoming more available because, you know, you're not available. That's when, if Cole Beasley's playing, we don't have this discussion, but Cole Beasley got an opportunity. He came in and he took advantage of it. And he's got to, I'm telling you, Cole Beasley, we could probably save some money by letting him go. I don't know what the details are, but we would save some money. We'd be getting younger. And this isn't a, a hey down Cole Beasley rant. It's not. Cole Beasley is a great, tough player, plays on a broken leg, played this year with, with ribs, but he is older and his skills are declining. You know, he's still a tough, good slot player and still one of the best in the league, but it's not going to be that way forever. He he gave he left the door open to crack for Isaiah McKenzie, and I I think next year that's a serious conversation. Okay, so Vince, let me ask you this: We see Isaiah McKenzie flourishing. He out a little dirty out here balling, right? And then see somebody else, uh, another unexpected candidate in Gabriel Davis, and I maybe not even un unsuspected, but he definitely was lower on the depth chart than say a Emmanuel Sanders. We see Emmanuel Sanders not have a terrific day yesterday, and we see Gabriel Davis balling at the same time. Unfortunately, he was out due to COVID. But do you think both Gabriel Davis and Isaiah McKenzie can kind of take over Cole Beasley and Emmanuel Sanders' duties on the offense as to where we can save some cap space with these wide receivers going so if you are asking me if I feel that way going in the next year, yeah. I mean, Sanders on a one-year deal. I don't think he's coming back. You know, I was I was on the Gabe Davis for number two train this year, but what I wanted to see was I wanted to see them sign a veteran just in case, just in case it didn't work out. 
But what they ended up doing was signing too big of a caliber of a wide receiver too in Sanders and pushing Gabe Davis back down the Jeff chart. Uh, so I'm I'm ready to see it next year. I'm, let's let's stop this. He is. He isn't. He's he's earning a look. Let's give him a shot next year and see where it goes. At least in training right. camp, right? Okay. Okay. So at least in training camp. All right. I got you there. But my man Alpha Rob is saying he likes McKenzie. He had a great game, but in crunch time on third and three. He's going to Cole Beasley. How would you respond to that? I don't have, I, I don't have strong feelings about that. Like I still think Cole Beasley is one of the best slot receivers in the league, mm-hmm. but moving forward, you know, we're still dealing with the COVID salary cap situation. We still have, a, we have an emerging capable player in Isaiah McKenzie. And, you know, this is going to next year will be his fifth year in the league, I believe, or maybe this is his fifth year in the league. Um, but He's going to cost more than he did this year, but he's still going to be cheaper than Beasley. Yeah. All right. Well, I guess we'll see what happens. So Dan Kelly, um, agree or disagree. All right. My man Dwayne says, what people do not understand is McKenzie brings speed to the wide receiver room that's been missing. McKenzie is a better fit for need on this wide receiver team. So do you think Isaiah McKenzie deserves a spot on his wide receiver team as it pertains to like, like being, you know, a one, two slot, right? Like actually going out there for passes as opposed to being just the gadget guy, or do you think it's a whole package and he deserves more playing time that way? You're, you're muted. My bad. I think he, he deserves more playing time in the slot because what he had done against the Patriots was get open enough for Josh Allen to find him. He had mentioned how much he trusted him, and that's what you say to your teammates before a game. But it, he proved it by targeting him multiple times, and he was just making the tough catches. I think this depends on situational football. And you took my point a little bit where I think the wide receiver sets moving forward should be Diggs, Davis, and McKenzie. That should be your three on the field the most. I understand you can sprinkle in some Beasley, some Sanders, I'm not a big Beasley guy. I understand he gets open. I think they use him the wrong way. And A. Rich will tell you, they throw Beasley the screen a little bit too much when it should be going to a guy like McKenzie. I was very impressed with him. The face of the franchise, number 19 out there, was really impressive. And there were so many guys on Twitter asking who he was. And it it just makes you smile, makes you laugh when guys have this good of a performance. He is going to cost some money. But Beasley would save them about $7.5 in cap space, I believe, if they released him before the start of next season. Expect that, and I think Vince is right with Sanders being too big of a name to come in because he's going to expect more playing time because of what he's done in his career. He disappointed with that drop in the end zone yesterday, though. He did disappoint with that drop in the end zone. Hey, Rich, I saw you kind of – I mean, if – I blame the coaches a little bit for that, man, because, you know, Trent Murphy, you know, was was an expensive defensive end last year that was inactive. But it looks like on the offensive side of the ball that the money is dictating the playing time. Right. And Brian Dable, in my opinion, it seems as if the coaching staff and the the organization is like, okay, these guys getting paid the most. So we're going to pay these guys because these because these are the veterans and they happen to be getting paid the most, whereas. Uh, in my opinion, the coaching staff probably could have gave these younger players more playing time. So I don't think uh, I don't I don't necessarily think it's it's the the players' fault. I think it's the coaches to to uh, 
accumulate the playing time with with these receivers. Uh, I don't think these, they're showing anything different than they were showing in practice. Why does this? Why do we have to have this conversation by accident? Is 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 what I want to know. McKenzie wasn't show, displaying this all season long. The, uh, McKenzie wasn't displaying this in practices. Did they have to take this type of game to say now we trust McKenzie going forward in the slot position? He's been on the team three, four years. We didn't see his progression coming all this time. So those are questions I would ask the coaching staff. But I'm not. I'm not uh, being negative. It's, it's just questions uh, that I would love. I would love uh, to ask the staff. But McKenzie well, taking away his returning duties is a part of that because now that he's not returning punts or kickoffs. They can, they can say, hey, we have more of a spot for you in this wide receiver room because you're not as valuable to us on special teams. I think that's why they got Stevenson in, in the mix more. And we're going to see more of McKenzie moving forward. That's a really good point, Rich. I like that a lot. I always like your points, man. <laughs> but, hey, so, hey, Rich, uh, I, I, of course you do make good points, but do you trust Isaiah McKenzie moving forward? I trust Isaiah McKenzie to at least get more playing time moving forward. I think he deserves that. Now, the, to take all the, of Cole Beasley's playing time away this season, I think that's a stretch. I think it's up to Brian Dable to now implement a plan where Isaiah McKenzie and Cole Beasley can both get enough enough snaps in and the offense could be successful with both of them in there. Absolutely. All right. So I got a little game for us to play. I think this is – Oh my God! It's just so beautiful. It's a beautiful Monday, right? Patriots lost. We won. <laughs> it's Christmas, right? You know, we see the Dolphins are doing pretty well. They might overtake the Patriots. We are back in the lead of the AFC East. So, let me ask you this: Who was yesterday's MVP? Miss T. Estelle. Was it Josh Allen, the offensive line, or Brian Dayball? Well, every Monday I get, I do a "You Got It." Um, player of the game. And I chose the offensive line. I chose them because going into this game, you had so many COVID cases or so many cases or so many um, guys and players being down. We knew that um, um, Dawkins was free to play, but we didn't know to what capability he could play. You had to change Spencer Brown again. Then Ike Bucker went down. Then you had to put in Deion Dawkins. Then you had to change the line again. So, and then Josh Allen didn't get sacked. I mean, he got hurried four times, but he didn't get sacked. He they kept him upright. They gave him time. So I gave it to the O line. The O line is my Absolutely. MVP. Do you do you think Deion Dawkins got a little bit of you know off in this game after being voted to the Pro Bowl? Like, yeah, he he smacked the hell out of um, Judai. He he smashed him. At one play. And then I like the fact that um, Spencer Brown got helped by with um, uh, Dawkins. Oh, not Dawkins. I'm, um, oh, my God. Not 88. Knots Dawson. over there. Yeah, Dawson um, helped him out over there. So, you know, the, the O-line is coming along. I mean, it's coming along to every game because every game you don't know who's going to be on the line. So, you know which I don't like for guys to shuffle around because I think Cody Ford got a, a bad rap with that, but I can understand it. You know, I understand it. Yeah. Last year, our defense was pretty bad for, for most of the season, but then they caught fire right there before mm -hmm. the playoffs and it helped us on the run. Maybe our offensive line can, you know, repeat that test this year. Hopefully that would be nice. Let's hope so. This Taylor, this Taylor, 
MVP, offensive line, Josh Allen, ball. Who you got? It's too easy to always say Josh Allen because in my heart of hearts, that's too I'm always going to pick Josh. But I want to be crazy. And I want to say something that's interesting. So I'm going to go against the game. Uh, I like the offensive line because, my God, where'd that come from? They were so bad all year long against a good defensive line like New England. All of a sudden, they're just. They're pretty good yesterday. Like I'm not going to go far and say they're great. They, they were really good yesterday, uh, but I'm going to go. I'm going to go coaching. I liked that we were aggressive. I liked the game plan. I liked that it was patient, Josh. He wasn't trying to hit a home run in every ball. I liked that they start the game off with a really good run game and they got Singletary involved and. They didn't stick. They weren't married to it. Like, okay, it's working. We're just going to keep jamming up into nothing. You know, they went away from it and they brought it back in sparingly. And you know how I feel about Singletary. So I, I, I guess I'm going to go coaching here because I want to be different. Okay. Coaching. So as in like Brian Dayball or just the coaching staff in general? Well, I was, I'll, I'll go Dayball. I'll say Dayball. Dayball did have a damn good game. Oh my God. That was Finally, though, finally, what I was watching, right? That's what I was expecting all year, but it was just like, I fell in love. Like, it's just like every drive, he's just was coming out. Oh my god, that was amazing! All right, um, (laughs) all right, King Rich, (laughs) what you got? Who's the MVP yesterday? Oh, Josh freaking Allen. (laughs) I mean, like, 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 Josh Allen is the MVP, and and he's right. Because everything starts, first of all, in, in the trenches. Everything starts with the offensive line. If uh, the pass protections break down, Josh Allen probably can't do certain things he was able to do yesterday. But the reason it is Josh Allen, because he put everything on display that I don't think another quarterback could. Right? We're talking about a guy that was 30 for 47, 314 yards, three touchdowns, no interceptions, 12 attempts, 64 yards, 5.3 yards per carry. Right? Even with his couple of misses. Now, uh, Josh Allen was the best quarterback on the field against Tampa Bay, against the Buccaneers. And we all know who, who's the quarterback for the Buccaneers. But yesterday, even in a couple of misses yesterday, now, you could call me a homer, you could call me bias, you could call me whatever you want to call me, but in my heart of hearts, uh, based on yesterday, I truly feel like that Josh Allen is the best quarterback in the world. Best quarterback in the world, throwing the ball, running the ball, throwing from the pocket, throwing from the run, right or left, against the zone, against man, against the blitz, showing speed, showing power, showing athleticism. What other quarterback can show all those things at all, let alone one game, <laughs> let alone in one game? Josh Allen is the MVP. Hey, Rich, you guys. I think I'm clipping that. Oh my God, I'm clipping that. That's what, that was awesome. That was awesome. I'm sorry, T. Go yeah. ahead. <laughs> Did anybody see when they um, put up the um, um, Pro Bowl voting and Josh's name wasn't there? And the yes. commentator was like, Are you, it, um, are we missing someone here? Um, <laughs> what's going Did you not see Josh Allen? It was like, Maybe he's playing with some fire because of that shit. It could be a lot of it. Oh, a lot of it. Ever, love that. Ever since the second half of that Tampa Bay game, that, that second mm. half in Tampa Bay is looked like Josh Allen is 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 morphing into something else. Yeah, most definitely. It's not even a Homer take to say that, a eh, Rich. It's not like you guys know me. I will. 
yeah. throw a criticism at our own guys. But yeah. why I don't know how you can watch that Josh Allen and not think, wow, give me this him guy. or Patrick Mahomes, and there's a everybody else is a tier below them. There's those are the top two guys, and there's mm-hmm. nobody else right now. As much as we want to talk about Aaron Rodgers being great or Brady being great, they it's are. Josh and Patrick Mahomes, and Josh is leading right now. Yeah, I, I have to agree, and that's the that's the first time I've ever heard Vince say that. So that's big. Uh, Dan Kelly, who's your MVP, bro? You guys know how much I love to disagree with King Rich over there because it's just our thing. We love to conflict disagree. of interest. Conflict of interest drops every Sunday, of course. Cheap plug, <laughs> but it's it's true. Josh Allen was the MVP. He didn't. He just made every play imaginable. Once that you're missing there, Rich. 100 passing touchdowns and 20 rushing touchdowns. The only quarterback ever to get that feat right there. The the fourth and two where he jukes out, makes the Patriots players run into each other. Beautiful. It, it seemed like sometimes the only the only thing that was getting in Josh's way was the receivers dropping the ball. Emmanuel Sanders dropping yeah. one. I believe I believe somebody else missed one. Jesus touchdown, just, Jesus. It was kind of hard, but oh yeah, playing on yeah, a different level. He did drop one too. And and I think I think we're all right. Like it happened in that second half of the Bucks game. I don't know what was said. I wish I did because they need that everywhere. They need that in the locker room. They need to read it every morning. Whatever McDermott said to them to get them fired up. Josh Allen played out of this world, and he does it every week. This isn't a thing where Allen's hot, Allen's cold. He's legitimately just killing it all the time, and it's beautiful to see. Absolutely. So I, I guess, uh, you know what? I, I, I was going to say, I think Josh Allen is, is absolutely unbelievable. I want to say that the offensive line did so, like, yo, I, I couldn't be more proud of, of, you know, what they did. Oh, that's a rich bro. I was so yeah, like, confused. Yeah. <laughs> no, no, I'm, I'm trying to, I'm trying to upload something so everybody could enjoy. So go ahead and keep talking. Okay. All right. Um, I was so Dude, confused. Was like, was just hopped in the stream. Like, it looks like you <laughs> had one too many, Rich. <laughs> no, we good. We good. Now take me All off. Right, take but... this off. Okay. Yeah, um, take it off. Yep. So I, again, I the, I couldn't be more proud of the offensive line. That was an absolutely amazing performance. But Brian Dayball absolutely showed his ass yesterday. That was. I, I think of all three, I expected it from Brian Dayball the least. You know, for him to That's be good. that precise every single drive, back to back to back, yeah. it was all beautiful. It was all. But where was that the whole season, though? Where was those Thank calls? And I, I understand maybe the beginning of the season you wanted to do the run game. I totally understand that. But like, where, like, you could have, Devin Singletary is having a season now. Like, cause the run game is yeah. being sprinkled in. Hundred percent. We can I mean, see what he actually can do. Right. Absolutely. I think Devin has earned himself some more playing time, another contract, maybe. I don't know. Even if they don't go, I think they'll get another running back because I just don't think Moss is the guy. That's me personally, but you know. But yeah, where was if this play too, calling? He sat for three weeks. I don't think they're very happy with him. I, I was really surprised that he had any playing time against the Patriots, but I think it's just because they're so aggressive up front. I don't think mm-hmm. Moss is going to be around very much longer. Yeah. His blocking is more important than anything. 
And his vision, by the way, he shouldn't have sucks going into the end zone. He could have had an easy touchdown, but instead oh. he over, over the lineman and does it. Someone said, touchdown. why do you follow your lineman that close? <laughs> How do we – I mean – That I is like one thing. Zach Moss is not patient. Go ahead. Yeah, Vince. every single game I feel like there's a run like that with, with Moss. I'd be like, what are you, what are you doing? I don't know. I get the benefit of watching it from a comfortable t- TV shed in, in my man cave, but uh, I, I'm not a NFL running back, but I watch Moss and I'm like, he just doesn't look like an, even an average NFL running back to me. And he hasn't. I, I mean, I, I, I get angry and you can ask uh, Justin Goddard how we go off on it, but I get angry that people are like, Oh, he's the more physical back. No, no, he's not. <laughs> That's uh, a good point. Devin Singletary be, be going through. He's the bigger like, in a- weight. I can tell you that. I don't know if he's the more physical because Singletary was fighting some guys for those yards. Yo, you saw him, they, him there was really dragging guys. Real yeah. Or, yeah, exactly. On the first, I think it was the first drive. He was literally dragging one dude on his back and he ran over Dr. Hightower to get the first. Like, it was absolutely yeah. nuts. I'm going to see if I can find that clip so I can play it. But, yo, that, that was crazy. All right, T, T, mm-hmm. T, T. Let, let him have it. Let him have it. Let him have it. What? <laughs> okay. No, I mean, everybody, I, teach his own. You know, I don't go back and forth with people, but you know what? I mean, Devin Singletary, okay, he may be slow. He may be, but he's the better back. Okay. He's the better he's back. Not and that it's slow. And it, I mean, according to uh, some other fast runners like, uh, what's his name? Jonathan Taylor, he's, he's slow. I get it. But would but you rather the best backs in the world? Like, oh, he's not right. as fast as Alvin Kamara, Jonathan Taylor, and Dalvin Cook. Who is like you know? Right. You, need, like, you need Rich for this. Uh, Singletary ran a what in the forty? He ran a four six four forty, I believe. Devin Singletary. Not horrible. It's not. Listen, well, I like. But also too, Devin. But also too, let's just be honest. Devin back then was not running right. He got a running coach. This offseason, his yeah, running coach even said that right. he didn't know how to run right. He was just fla- flagging his hands and stuff like that. He wasn't running like he's supposed to run like a uh, a running back. So, yeah, OK, you if you think he's slow, he's he's doing what he needs to do to he make it. Mess, and I'm happy. Absolutely. I'm happy absolutely. OK, so let me ask you this. Dan. It's small doses, too. You got to remember, yep. Singletary has been getting less than 15 carries per game. All of his stats are under a microscope in a way mm-hmm. because he's not having the same kind of carries as a Jonathan Taylor. As a because he's not the main back. Imagine every time he's the main back. Hot. Yeah, well, every time you'd get hot, it's been like this all year. You'd see him have a couple tough runs where he dragged a defender with him, and maybe if it's only just a four or five yard gain, but it's a tough run. And then it's like, oh, well, here comes Moss, and then he sits for a while, and it's like, what? Are we, what are we doing? But they did that <laughs> yesterday too. They did that yesterday. They got away from it, which I totally understand because the the um, Josh was, you know, going. He was hot. So I mean, I like I like the the two dimensional team. Um, but if it doesn't work, then yeah, let's get away from it. But Devin has to stay. So so then let me ask this, right? What is what does Devin not do well outside of being what people will say is slow? Like they what, say what, he's what not a block. He's not a good blocker. That's what they say now. Okay, he's fine. That's, he's that's fine. fine. That's for fine. a running back. Right. He's fine. But like, I, exactly. Outside for being a running back, like what you expect from some a ball carrier who can make plays. You know, as far as being a running back, being coming out of the backfield, catching passes. What else does he not do well? 
as a right. He doesn't have great hands. He mm. drops a lot of passes. Yeah, he, he, drops, he drops a lot of passes. That's why he's not utilizing the screen game as much. We've we've tried it. We've seen him drop a lot of passes that way. He didn't drop many against New England though. This week, he was well, ball. That's one game, there. but I mean, no, he, I got does... you. I know what you mean. That's what I'm saying. That that's why yeah. people aren't gonna aren't gonna agree with you right now, Vince, because he had, I believe, five catches, five or six yeah. catches yesterday. Yeah, but, but and I know what it, you're getting at. I've it, seen him it, drop it too. That's why they put Moss in. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I totally understand. Yeah, I get it. I'm I still on it. Team Motor. I say that because I'm critical, yeah. but the truth is, he's. I don't think the between the two of them, it's close. Yeah, I, I mean, agree. I'll, I think I'll give, I'll give it to you, Vince. Obviously, our best back. I was Team Moss going into the season, and I think plenty of people were, but it really changed because Singletary, he, he's been doing what he can with the offensive line he has and with the limited amount of carries he gets. And lately, he's been showing a lot more. So yeah, does he deserve That's, more, or do you want to see Josh Allen throw at 47? It's kind of like Isaiah McKenzie. He gets his opportunity. He balls the hell out. Like, I kind of want to see more from him, you know? But you but you also need that run game in order to win. So, you know, yeah, you need a, you need some type there. of run game. Yes, absolutely. And he, he and I feel like he is just by far the back that I will feel most comfortable giving the ball to in that type of situation. So, But right um, now on this team with this offensive line, every time we hand the ball off, it's a win for the defense. Because we're not letting Josh pass, so it's just taking the ball out of his hands. I mean, Singletary been he been having some good games like re- recently. Oh, I got Arich fired up. I think he wants to go. <laughs> yeah, no. So hold on. Speaking speaking of the the run game, Brooke Bib, uh, you know, obviously Bib family. Brooke, uh, she says, I think we finally found our best O line combo. Arich, is that true? You think this is the one? I think uh, we like what we see, but we can't fall in love with what we see. I think the main thing here is consistency, right? I think we want to see a, a, a consistency pattern develop uh, amongst certain guys, amongst Isaiah McKenzie, amongst the O-line. Was this a fluke or is this a trend? And we need this to be a trend for uh, the Buffalo Bills to make a deep playoff run. So. Uh, I think that is to be continued is is the answer I would put for that one. Mm-hmm. Do you think they can? Uh, man, that 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 performance yesterday was was a great performance. I, I say it like this: it, they, I believe, I believe, I, I can is a stretch because I seen this offensive line bad for a year and a half. Mm. so to me to turn around and say yes they can after four quarters of football after a year and a half of bad football is is a stretch so i i'm i believe is is the is the best i can give you with the offensive line which is allergic to the words yes and no because it can change it can change within two days everything is Everything is nuanced. I don't necessarily believe yes or no either. It's like, bro, there's so many other options to explore. You know what I mean? But like, just when you think, just when you think you have your O line, something happens. Especially this year, you can't even go into to the same. The same. You can't. The odds are that they won't have the same O line come Sunday. They won't. You don't think so? So let me ask you guys this. No. This this and game, I'm saying because of COVID. I'm not even saying I'm not. I'm. I hope nobody gets oh, it, but I'm just oh saying because of that. 
COVID has been terrible. Yeah, this and season, it, it this season well is different. Bucker went out too. Like the offensive yeah. line was playing fine before he went down. And then you brought in Dawkins and he started pancaking Judon. And then yes. everybody was getting on their feet like, hey, let's go. Yeah, absolutely. <clears throat> and as far as uh, – let me touch on the running back situation a bit. As, as far as the running game, I, you know, I think – You hate both of them. <laughs> I, I, I was wrong on Zach Moss. I'll say that because I thought Zach Moss was going to step up and be that guy in year two, and I was completely wrong. It is definitely Singletary. Uh, I think Singletary is the lead back this year for the Buffalo Bills. Uh, I do think the Buffalo Bills need to find a complimentary back this offseason to go along with Singletary. Uh, it was beautiful that the Buffalo Bills ran the, ran the ball, but at the end of the day, when I look at the statistics, Josh Allen was a part of, uh, of that rushing attack. About uh, 12 attempts, 5.3 yards per carry. He was, the, he was the positive part of the rushing attack for the Buffalo Bills if you dive into the statistics. Devin Singletary averaged about three yards per carry, you know? So uh, I like Singletary. I like the fact that he took advantage of all opportunities running the ball. I like the fact that he caught the ball when Josh Allen did what we didn't, we're not used to seeing him do, and that's go to the check down. But I, I still believe he needs somebody with him, Singletary, uh, someone with above average athletic traits to, to, take some, to take some pressure off Josh Allen as well in the run game. So hey, Rich. I want to test the theory, Rich. Test the theory. Is Singletary slow? Singletary, I think I think Singletary is slow because when I think of slow, I think of long speed. Singletary's getting caught from behind that uh -huh. same play that, that Jonathan Taylor scored a touchdown on us. Singletary's getting caught, you know, but as far as in the hole, as far as initial bursts and, and quickness and shiftiness, uh, I think Singletary's fast that way. So in yeah. Singletary's defense, how many opportunities do he get to get those that wide open holes that Jonathan Taylor gets? And then on, on, on top of on top of on top of the offensive line being hot garbage in the in the run, and then you also got he don't get that many opportunities to do it. But think think about this. Think about this. Jonathan Taylor the other day, Indianapolis Colts had four starters out in the offensive line. Jonathan Taylor still rushed over hundred yards. You know, can Singletary do that? You know, I don't know. That's, that's having a good run block scheme. No, I don't. I, I'm not sure that anybody here is arguing that Singletary is an All Pro or a Pro Bowl or or right. even a true number one back. But for I this team right now on this team, Justin's like, yes, is. I think he is. No, yeah. I, he I think is he's right a now number one back. because of what we have. Is. You know, he, he, there's a lack of other talent to pair him with, and that's not to say I'm a Motor fan. I think he is a fine complimentary back, but he shouldn't be getting 15 touches a game. He should be getting six. Mm, okay, that's harsh. That's harsh. But what? I hear you. I, Wait, I hear that's a little. That's a little. That's a little harsh. It's you weird said for motor me to not be not be the most you know controversial yeah. here. Motor should I, be getting six touches a, a game. I think that there should be a there should be a more. It should be a better talented, maybe a guy with a little bit more speed above him starting. Yeah. But he's mm -hmm. he's more, and I keep using the, the comparison of like a Darren Sproles type role, and that's not true because that's not a good comparison. I don't really have yeah, another Darren one. Sproles was a beast. But he's a, he's a guy that you, <laughs> that you mix in, that he can you know do a couple other little things for you, and he's shifty, and you, you know he's a change of pace guy. But is he a true feature back? That's not motor. See, I think he is. I, I think that. Maybe like a Jordan uh, Howard would be a good comparison. Jordan Howard is a beast as well. I mean, he's not the fastest though. I'm I'm trying to go off of like a complimentary guy who doesn't get 
primary touches. I will say I will say Devin Singletary is in that above average to good category, right? As a running back. I think he is a good running back. And I think that he can be better if he gets more opportunity, if he gets better run blocking, you know, if he gets, you know, more uh, like, you know, like kind of, I don't want to say the same treatment that Shady got in terms of like, we just, you know, have all this complete confidence in you to, to run our offense through you. I don't think we should give him that confidence, but I think we should at least give him the confidence to say, yo, you the you the first string running back, go out there and be our primary running back. And then we'll sprinkle in other people. It was just like, like rookies rookie year you know we was splitting carries with him and frank gore and it's like why just get yeah. seven single terry the ball and yeah, then the second not. year it was like you know him and, and zach moss was like okay i like zach moss but like you don't need to have him on here as much as devin singletary and now this year i think most people would say our season would have went better if we just gave the ball to devin singletary so i think like why not just give the ball to devin singletary like because he's a be every time he goes out there he makes as much as he can out of what what he's given because he's not given very much if we're yeah. being completely honest so it's just like i don't i don't think their argument a fair argument their argument yeah. yeah i just i just think he hasn't been he hasn't been given the best opportunity it's kind of like in tremaine evans if you send if you say oh, you don't, don't you start guys, with the tremaine oh, evans talk hold on hold on if if you if you <laughs> if you say you don't believe in Devin Singletary or Tremaine Emmons and you let them go somewhere else, they're going to be the truth, and you're gonna look dumb. I promise. That's all I can say. You're gonna look dumb because he's gonna go make some other team look amazing, like an amazing acquisition. You are not gonna start this argument. I'm, I'm a Tremaine Emmons fan. Me too. The I guy, the all right. guy to the right of me may not be. So let, let's let's oh, yeah. let's yeah. Close, let's yeah, yeah. so let's let's. <laughs> Is let's that my close, is that my left? I don't know. So let's close let's close the <laughs> let's close the running back argument with with this question. One to five, right? Rate single Terry. Your satisfaction with Singletary on a scale of one to five. Devin Singletary, him or Devin Singletary's production? Because those are two different things. Because if I look at his production, obviously he's changing it again. Look, but, but, no, 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 no. I'm just, I'm, just I, I'm asking for clarity. <laughs> I'm asking for clarity. Because, like I just said, he hasn't been given very much. The run blocking is, is garbage and all this other stuff, right? Or am I rating Devin Singletary as a running back, what he can do and what he has made with his opportunities? All right. Another question. Are you comfortable? Simple question. Are you comfortable with Devin Singletary as your RB, RB1 for the future? Yes, yes I am. Next, next year, and and if I had to give him, if I had to give him a, a rating out of five, I would give him a 3.7. Okay. A point seven in there. Three point seven five. <laughs> hey, yeah. You know what? I'm with that. I'm with that. Three point seven five. You comfortable? I think he is a, a, a. I think he is a above average back, and I think he is right on the tier being a good back. And I think with more opportunity, better run blocking, he could potentially start to break through that to great back person. Potentially. A, a three point one four one five nine two six five seven. Oh God! <laughs> <laughs> I can't go. I can't go any higher. Um, I, I think there should be a back in front of him. I, I think he would be better as a complimentary piece. Mm-hmm. I think he's earned a place on the team moving forward. But as the RB one, I cannot tell you that I believe he's earned that much for next season. I'm not interested in making a significant upgrade in that position until we upgrade the offensive line. And I agree 100. percent Give me a fifth round pick to throw in there as someone that's got a different skill set, and you roll it out next year, and you hope the offensive line improves. 
Well, they I better take th- somebody in the draft for the offensive line too, or for free agency because yeah. they need to mm-hmm. upgrade that. Mm-hmm. I'm at a I'm at a three, and I'm with with Vince with the compromise. He can, he's not he's one this year, but next year I don't think he'll be that guy. So, but I'm with I got, I got a three. Nice, and I'm a, I'm gonna close it out. I like that. I like I compliment, man. I think Singletary is is a is a good back. I don't think he's a great back, and I think a compliment a complimentary back, a back with above average athletic traits. I'm going to stress this for the entire. Uh, rest of the season and off season above average athletic traits is what the bills need on both sides of the ball. And um, I, I'll close it out as, at that. I, I, I honestly, I, I would disagree. I think I would disagree with that. Well, um, as far as at the back, yes, I agree. I agree. But on as far as like just out there, I don't know. I think we need more aggressiveness on both sides of the ball, but I, I think we have, what we would need in terms of skill players to fit the type of defense that, you know, Sean McDermott and Leslie Frazier go put out on the field to fit the, uh, the type of offense that, that Brian Dayball, you know, goes and puts out on the field. I think outside of the aggressiveness of the, of the trenches, you know, on both sides of the ball, I think we are a Super Bowl ready team. I really do. I think, you know, it's just our offensive line be hot garbage some weeks out of nowhere. And then our defensive line sometimes can't get any pressure or can't get to the quarterback for that matter. So it's kind of like, ah, and I'd be throwing stuff off. But if you make a quarterback go out there and throw the ball, they will not have a good day. You look at what Mac Jones just did yesterday, you know. Um, and if you give Josh Allen enough time, you will have a very good day. You look at what he just did yesterday. So, you know, I, I think that – um you know, Leslie Frazier and, and Brian Dayball yesterday, at least, you know, did, did very well, but actually, Oh, I gotta, I gotta great. Okay. So let's, let's get into the defense, right? I'm very interested to hear what you guys say. Uh, Vince Taylor. (laughs) How how do you think the defense did yesterday? Uh, Well, I thought defense did okay. You know, we got beat up a little bit in the run game, but I'm, I'm okay. If that's the game plan, because it looked like we were, we were letting Mac have some of the easy stuff. We were, as I said before, we were recording, we were <coughs> suckering him in to some of the easy throws and goading him into throwing the ball. And then we come down and crash the receiver. So, you know, when he tried to throw some longer passes, didn't look good. He had an ugly drop uh, from the kill Harry. He was uh, way off target on a lot of those throws. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I'm, I'm, I don't have a lot of criticism for the defense yesterday. We didn't get all the sacks. I know Ed Oliver had one. I, I felt like later in the game when we started getting pressure, there was nobody there and Mac would just step up and run and, and, and basically pick up a first down that way. But that happens. You can't be too mad at that. I don't, I don't have a lot of criticism. Okay. That's, that's fair. Fair enough. Uh, T, how do you feel about the defense? Uh, I think they played well, you know, um, Ed Oliver had a sack, like Ben said, I think he was, they were baiting him to throw the ball and he was doing um, not too much of, um, of anything. Um, I think his tight end and um, Mac Jones are not on the same page, but I think our defense played well. Like our defense always played well. They don't always play well, but our defense played well enough, well enough to compliment um, Josh and what he needed to do out there. So I was happy with our defense. They never let me down. I'll just say that. They never let me down too much of anything. I think that's fair. Nothing embarrassing yesterday? Nothing? No. (laughs) 
Nothing. Dan Kelly, how, how did the defense do yesterday? I was pleasantly surprised with how the defense played. It seemed like on the really? running plays, they, there was a new aggressiveness. There was a, a better a better play style on that. When they had the extra lineman in, we put an extra lineman in. It seemed like they were they were ready for those kind of plays. And I just want to touch on the secondary. With, with how bad our pass rush is, usually it was a little bit a little bit okay against the Patriots. That secondary has to play twice as hard. And they were covering those wide receivers like glue. Obviously, Mac Jones missed Hunter Henry a few times. He missed a few throws that the Bills got lucky on. But all things considered, that defense played very well. And they didn't punt. So Buffalo right. didn't punt. You couldn't ask for anything better in that game. Josh Allen threw 47 times. But the defense did what they had to do. When when the Patriots scored, it wasn't really a long play touchdown. Like they had to fight for every inch. Mm-hmm. It was that bend, don't break style. And I think I was really happy with how they played against the run and more importantly, how they covered the wide receivers downfield. So Ron Neal was in there for some packages too. So that's, that was great as well. Hey, Rich, how do you think the defense played? Uh, I, you know, I think the defense was solid. I, th- I think the defense was this was solid. Uh, Damian Harris, he, you know, he still had a, a pretty good game. Uh, the the Russian defense looked like it is what it is. Thank God our offense was able to score points and dictate a lot of what they were able to do on the offensive side of the ball, right? Um, other than that, I, I think we, I think we played okay on the mm-hmm. defense we, we we did a, we did enough to to get the job done i think it were some instances where uh more improvements fourth down they, they seemed like they was automatic on fourth down you know I, you know i think i i think our fourth down defense could a little bit could have been a little bit better um mm-hmm. uh, other than that I, it, it was it was a solid it was a solid overall performance I was going to say, you weren't happy with the two turnovers they forced, but the fourth down thing is a point that needs to be made. Every time you stopped them on third, they were getting it on fourth. I believe they were like yeah. six or seven. Because honestly, I, I expect us to play Matt Jones like that. He's a rookie quarterback. Sean McDermott has a history of being successful against rookie quarterbacks. So, you know, I, I have high expectations, so it's harder to impress, you know? So I think the defense did what they what they were supposed to do. Fair point. Okay, so Dan Kelly, let me ask you this: Do you think the defense played better than they did in the first game? Yes, and and the reason may be just because of the coaching by Leslie Frazier, but the way they they got out after those runs. Don't get me wrong; they got gashed a few times by Harris, but it seemed like they were trying harder in a way they weren't just getting blocked and pancaked down the field the entire time overall they they gave up more points so i don't know if you can say that they played better but i i was happy with the adjustments that were made and the way that the secondary played really impressed me that that ball that micah hyde picked off when it floated in the air for 10 seconds was very impressive so i was happy i don't know if i can say better just just gonna bring out my akeem a little bit here but I was happy with the adjustments they made. Well, I mean, I only say that because you weren't happy with the defense when they played them the first time. There were too many big plays that were given up. I felt like it was too easy for them to score. It was too easy for them to hold on to the ball for 13 plays. And in this game, you mentioned with Brian Dable and the way he called the game, we were having the long drives. We were having the seven-minute, eight-minute drives that were killing that sideline. So that really changed changed the game, I think. 
And so, probably they were out of breath too. They were probably like towards the end of that fourth quarter, they were tired. Gassed. So you you said that you were happy with the way the defense played in this game, right? The defense gave up more points and more total yards than they did in the week 13 matchup. So what was the difference? It, like, it's the big what? plays. It's the big plays, Justice. It's the fact that you, you're not letting a 60-yard touchdown pass you because we lost that game by four points. It's not like we lost that, that game by, by anything more. It was a one-possession game. I felt like they got bullied by the New England Patriots on Monday Night Football. They got destroyed. They were mentally destroyed. They were outcoached, and they were they just didn't seem to show any effort to me especially the defensive line and the linebackers in that game. And against the Patriots yesterday, it was a whole different story. The linebackers were alert and the linemen were playing better. And, and that's just, that's just how it felt. I understand the stats aren't going to agree with me and that's fine. A lot of people won't agree either, but I'm based just asking on, a question, bro. Oh, no, I understand. Based <laughs> on what I saw, the adjustments that were made were the correct call by, by Leslie Frazier. He stopped the big plays, and they didn't only throw it three times, which I think helped us a lot. Yeah, it was yeah a one-dimensional game. Is I was waiting for you to get to that. You know, passing the ball three times, of course you're not going to put up as many points uh, in a snowstorm and a windstorm. But, yeah, I, I, I it's not like there's a – there was a lot made about that first matchup because of the eye popping, you know, running yards total. But honestly, it was kind of blown up proportion and it's, it's skewed a lot. The stats were skewed a lot, but that, I mean, we had a ball bounce off Stefan Diggs' hands. And if he catches that, nobody's ever talking about the rush yards again. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. So all I was saying last in week 13, that's all I was saying. I was just like, Hey, you know, but anyway, I digress. Um, I, I just, I was just interested to to see, you know, it's just the way they got handled, them. Justice. It, it's the way that you have pride in your football team, and the way they played in that Monday Night Football game made me believe that they weren't they weren't playing with that blue collar spirit of being see, a Buffalo Bill. The only difference in you feeling like the defense played with pride or not was the offense scoring more points. No, it, it was. It was the fact that the defense was more alert and they were ready for certain things. They were still getting beat by the by the toss, and I bet A. Rich was rolling his eyes at that. But eventually they adjusted, and it takes Brian – or not Brian Dable. It takes Leslie Frazier about eight quarters to finally adjust his defense, but he made adjustments in-game, and that was something that w- did not happen against the Patriots minus the fourth quarter of that Monday Night Football game. So, so you, you, if you can have Bills me die scored, on this hill, you can have me die I'm on this hill. I'm just asking the question then. If the Bills score, no, I'm just asking. If the Bills score 31 points in week 13, do you still feel the same way about the defense? If they scored 31 points, if the Bills scored 31 points and the defense allowed 10 points to the Patriots' offense with the 200 plus yards rushing, do you still feel the same way about the defense? About the defense, yes. I'm overall happy that they won, but I would still feel the same way that they got handled by the other team's offense, and I would still feel the same way (laughs) that they need to make adjustments to those big plays. 
if if that game goes with 31 points to 10, Belichick's getting roasted for not being able to get out of that that run. I think offense. so. I think so too. That, that that's an extreme hypothetical, Justice. No, it's not. I was just asking. A, okay, all right. it is because listen, that's if you're fair. down that's by fair. 21, are you going to run 47 times? I don't they think so. Throw, you saw what happened when they threw it. <laughs> hey, hey you taking shots, Justice? You taking Nah, shots man. I'm just asking. Yes, I, that boy is not good. I told you I wasn't good. I, 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 I'm not, not saying good. he's bad. I'm not saying he's bad. He's not good though. So I have every time he when he plays good defense, Colts and and now us, he look good. So you know, I'm, you think I'm those just, are the only two good defenses he's faced all year? Yes. Before the beginning of the season, they played a murderer's role of, of garbage teams, and then a couple teams were beat up with injury. So, yeah. you can only beat who's in front of you. What, Absolutely, what you but you asked me a question. I was just answering it. <laughs> I, I understand that, but that that's everybody's excuse. Is hey, they played cupcakes. The Cowboys. But the you Patriots, asked the like, question. Dan. It, just, it sounds like we got to get justice on conflict of interest with you and Dan going here. <laughs> oh, oh my God! Please, he's just, oh God, he's he's, he's holding the grudge. It's okay. I'm I'm just asking. Okay, all right. We can we can we'll go ahead and move on. It's fine. All right. Um, Josh Allen's nickname. We we have to get this down. Okay, and and please, I want everybody in the comment section as well. We we need answers. Okay, what is Josh Allen's nickname? T. Get what? Please help me figure this out. You are muted. Um, I don't know. I don't, you know, I didn't, I haven't even thought of one like air Josh. I don't know. I might be corny. Okay, so we got air Josh. We got the winter soldier, the general king in the North. Uh, what are some other ones? Think I like that. Um, winter, king. what'd you say? Oh, winter soldier. I like that one. You like the winter soldier? Yeah. Right, that's a Marvel reference, obviously. Yeah. Like the winter soldier. Just went to the, go the, see Spider-Man. The, the bionic right arm. Amazing. Oh. Movie. I cried. Yes. Yeah. I think we all cried. Yeah. Winter Soldier <laughs> is mine. All right. So we got one for the Winter Soldier. Uh, Dan Kelly, what, what you got? Man, I'm still heated. Josh Allen. <laughs> it, it's a, it's a, it's a good, it's a good question. You know, I, I'm, I'm gonna go with with a different route than the ones you mentioned. You know, you know when your parents are mad at you and they go with your like full name. <laughs> Because because they want to get you. Yes, I, I go Joshua Patrick Allen. Patrick Allen, yeah. It's just beautiful to see. I'm like mesmerized. So I'm gonna go full name Joshua Patrick Allen. I like that. I like that a lot. Uh, I think Charlie agrees with you to a degree. <laughs> so no fun, Charlie over here. No, <laughs> just play. Uh -uh. <laughs> All right, <laughs> Vince Vince Taylor. Who? What is Josh Allen's nickname? Should be. What, what should his nickname be? I am big on Game of Thrones, so I'm gonna go King of the North. But I, I like the end. I like Joshua Patrick Allen. You're not gonna come up with a consensus here in a group of five, just so you know. No, I wasn't trying to. I'm trying to get. Oh, you're gonna Kim. get more if anything. Kim, you're gonna get that's more. A good one. I like that, Kim. That's a great one. Um. All right, so we got. One okay. for the Winter Soldier. We got one for King in the North. We got one for Joshua, Patrick, Allen, King Rich. What's, what's Josh Allen's nickname? Oh, man. You know, 
give this a three second thought. I like the general. I, I like the general. I like that. I, <laughs> I like that. I, I, I like that. That the vibe of the general. He comes in. He's going to take care of business, whether it's home, whether it's away, and uh, he's going to bust your ass and hopefully leave with a victory. I, I like the general. Uh, I I think especially uh, the Tampa Bay game. He reminded me of a of a general leading his troops back. You know, putting the team on his back to try to claim victory. So yeah, I like the general. Let's go with it. Well, I mean, y'all can probably guess what I was about to say. So uh, I, I agree. Obviously, I like the general, um, you know, because my name is is general partially. But I also think, you know, it it, it 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 fits him well. You know, he's out there. He's the leader of our team. You know, he is often whether our do or die like he's, you know, <laughs> we lo- win and lose with Josh Allen. You know, I don't remember very too many games where it was just like, you know, we won a game because somebody other than Josh Allen did something significant. You know what I mean? I, I can't really think of too many games like that. So um, I, I, I would definitely say the general personally. I, I like that nickname. Um, we have some in the comment section. Oh, well, we got, you know, General Josh. <laughs> Yeah, I, I like the I like the firebomb flamethrower. I think that's pretty cool. I think that's pretty cool. Okay, so <laughs> all right. Well, uh, I guess I guess well we we we'll, we'll hammer it down a, a nickname at some point. I guess <laughs> so. Um, I guess we could go ahead and and get into what you guys think of the Pro Bowl alternates. Uh, <clears throat> the, the Buffaloes had two Pro Bowlers, Deion Dawkins and. Stefan Diggs. And then obviously, you know, Josh Allen, uh, Dawson Knox. Uh, it was Micah Hyde, Jordan Poyer. Um, there was a, it was a couple, I don't remember off the top of my head. I, I'll find the, the list, but Special there are a lot teams. of football ultimates. Tyler Manikavich. Yep. Mm-hmm. Yep. Tyler Bass. Right. So, uh, Dan Kelly. What did you think of, you know, Deion Dawkins and Stefan Diggs being our only pro bowlers and, you know, some pro bowl alternates who potentially got snubbed? Overall disappointment. Um, Jordan Poyer having an amazing season. The best safety tandem in the league is in Buffalo. Poyer may be playing better than Hyde, even though Hyde had those two interceptions yesterday against the Patriots. His season overall, I think they're both having incredible seasons. They're both pro bowl alternates. It's bullcrap, if you ask me. The fact that Josh Allen isn't the quarterback in the AFC, also questionable. Is it Herbert? Is Herbert the starter for the for the Pro Bowl in the AFC? Oh, I don't know. Mm-hmm. Yep, Justin Herbert, Pat Mahomes, wow. and Lamar Jackson. Yeah, Ooh. and you can you can argue that the Chargers have lost just as many disappointing games as the Bills have. They just got stomped by the Texans yep. just yesterday to get their playoff hopes in jeopardy. So if you want to talk about the fact that Buffalo hasn't been winning games, you can't even go there because Justin Herbert got the support. I would like Deion Dawkins being there is questionable. I don't think he's had that good of a season. I think he's, he's one of those guys that has a name that's popped up for a while. So people voted him. Diggs obviously deserves to be there. I think there should be more Buffalo bills, to be honest with you, whether you want to call it bias or not. I think they have some of the best players in the AFC and the fact that they're not, on the roster as of now bothers me. Vince, who who do you think was the biggest snub out of all the Pro Bowl alternates, if any? 
Well, Josh Allen, <laughs> he's the biggest snub. Um, but I, I, I disagree with Dan a little bit. I do think there's something to it. If we had 10, 11 wins right now, uh, we would have more pro bowlers. I if agree. We would, but the fact we, that Herbert is there, just like if, if know, we, we were playing for the quarterbacks, if we were playing and winning games against Tampa Bay in prime time, there'd be more Buffalo Bills there. And I, I think you can say that to some degree about, yeah, I'm sure there's, you know, people in Houston right now that feel that way that there's a couple of Texans players that got snubbed. I don't know they are because I don't pay attention to the Texans that closely. And that's mm-hmm. the same thing with Jordan Poyer and Micah Hyde. We know how great they are, but nationally, I don't think that people do. If you want to talk about stats, the stats should tell you the story. You should look at Jordan Poyer and Micah Hyde and be like, wow, these guys are really good. I understand the rest of the league doesn't look, but they should. And that and that's what the Pro Bowl is supposed to be. It's supposed to be this fan voting experience where the best players make it. You can argue that Jordan Poyer is the best safety in the league right now. And the fact that he's not in the Pro Bowl is, is a big deal. But what is the percentage of fans voting? Is it more majority of the fans or is it – it's one third fans, one third players, one third coaches, I believe. But there were a lot of Bills players specifically that have said that they haven't received any mm-hmm. voting information since they got to Buffalo. So we don't know how much the, the player voting is actually affected or if the NFL is just against Buffalo. Because as you remember, we don't have an international market, which is very weird, but whatever. We actually have fans in like other countries. It literally doesn't make sense for us not to have an international right. market. But I mean, Toronto's right there. It, it, thank we, you. We played there for years. Exactly. Like, but, how are you going to have us play in Toronto and then not at least give us? It is what it is. We can say stats, lost there for years. Stats too. and Josh Allen being it is. You can look at stats. It is what it is. Yeah. Jordan, they played. They're defensive players. They're not offensive skill sexy players. They're not going to get the same amount of attention as other players across the league and. It is what it is. We're in Buffalo. We're, as, as soon as we start winning, we'll start getting that respect. But right now, that's just the way it is. I'm with the mindset, whatever fuels these guys, if if this was what made them upset and give them that underdog mentality again to have them go out there and win this game on some, um, last Sunday or yesterday, fine. But, I mean, on Twitter, this guy was like, they don't really um, – Josh Allen's not concerned about Pro Bowls. I understand that. But some of these guys look at that as an incentive. You can't tell me the Raiders guy was very emotional when he found out he was selected because he came from somewhere of nothing to now playing in a, in a Pro Bowl. So, I mean, some of these guys take these, you know, these selections very seriously. And maybe Josh Allen doesn't. Maybe he does. Who knows? But the nah, fact that he's not he there. Just went out there and did. He took exactly. That he did. Maybe he said the they must have forgot who the, I was. Right. Was so exactly. pissed off. So for 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 the NFL to not have this guy in a Pro Bowl is ridiculous. And you're going to put – we all know Lamar Jackson is nowhere near Josh Allen. We also know Justin Herbert is coming up. We know Patrick Holmes is the guy right now. But not to have Josh Allen as a selection is just absurd, period. Agree. Hey, Rich, is – Micah Hyde and Jordan Poyer are the best safety tandem in the league. Safety tandem in the league. No question. No question about that. Uh, Jordan Poyer and Micah Hyde both deserve to be pro bowlers for the Buffalo Bills. I think the committee, they screwed this shit up, if you ask me. Uh, Duran James, I like Duran James. He only has two interceptions. He has about one or two sacks. 
you can't convince me he hasn't uh Jordan Poyer or Micah Hyde hasn't been just as impactful for their team as your Durant chain dames has been for his team uh Tyron Matthew you've been we've been talking about or hearing about the Kansas City struggles on defense this entire season and you mean to tell me that a struggling defense has a safety that's making the Pro Bowl over one of our two guys. Uh, one of them should have at least give me somebody. One of them deserve. Both of them really deserve, but at least one of them. And for one of them, none of them to get picked, I think is it's it's utterly disrespectful. I don't give a damn where you play. Um, as far as Josh Allen, I think Josh, that's the obvious, right? Josh Allen deserves to be a Pro Bowler over Lamar Jackson. We all know that this is about politics at the end of the day lamar jackson knows that yeah it's it's, it's exactly he knows that (laughs) yes it's about politics at the end of the day and there's no question when you look at the numbers side by side uh josh allen not should only be a quarter uh a pro bowler but it's not even close it's 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 really not close so the, the buffalo bills definitely uh should have more pro bowlers josh allen micah micah hyde and jordan poyer at least did anybody see the um, Lamar Jackson came out and thanked the fans for um, his donation, his uh, charity? Yeah, you think now? Now, that. was that old or was that new? I think it's I think it's a year old or something like okay. that. Okay, all right. Because I just seen it, I was like, okay, is that him saying? I love like, my bad. Oh, I do too. Like, don't don't get cool me wrong. Guy. I just I really wish he played in the that. NFC so I could vote for I could not vote for him, but I could root for him. Mm-hmm. But he he definitely shouldn't have been. You know, in, you know, in Pro Bowl, but um, like Vince said, he know he shouldn't have been there too. Yeah, exactly. I got a question for Vince, Vince about about the non sexy players when it comes to the Pro Bowl. What about Jamal Adams? Because Jamal Adams was on the Jets, one of the weaker teams in the NFL, struggled, did not did not have the stats, and made the Pro Bowl. And then he did the same with the Seahawks when the Seahawks just missed the playoffs for only the second time in Russell Wilson's career. And I believe he was voted to the Pro Bowl again. There are safeties that are better than Jamal Adams, but Jamal Adams gets voted. Well, yeah, I, I think you, I, I feel like you want to hold me responsible for all the voters. And I don't no, think I don't. I don't. I don't want to hold you Jamal Adams, was a, Jamal Adams was a first round pick. He was a household name. He is more widely known than fifth round picks, Micah Hyde, and a late round pick in Jordan Poyer. He is a more recognizable household name, and he's getting the benefit of the doubt. And he does get the sacks. He's not a safety. He's a linebacker, but he's he is getting some numbers too. But should the Pro Bowl be about recognizable names, or should it be about the best players in the league at that position? Yeah, right. I agree. I asked the question. Hang on. Hang I asked- on. I feel like I'm not disagreeing with you. I want to make that clear. <laughs> I am upset about the Pro Bowl voting as well. I did not vote. And I don't get a vote. Really, I didn't vote. But you didn't I, vote? I, I'm just saying, I'm telling you the way I see it and the way that I think it is. I am not defending the process. I'm just telling you the way that I see it playing out. Yeah, and that's fine. It's just, it's just a discussion. Like, for all of you, it's it's like, what are we doing here? This isn't high school. See, with the whole, with the whole Jamal Adams <clears throat> situation, uh, I think uh, Vince is right. We have to look at where he came from. He came from LSU. We have to look at what round. He came in the first round. We have to look at the market. He came from the New York media. Uh, we have to look at the personality. He's a loudmouth. He likes to be in Twitter. So now we we know him. He made himself a household name mm-hmm. uh, by, you know, even by accident, right? We love sacks. People love sacks. He's playing a safety. Going to the Pro Bowl, six and a half sacks is unheard of. 
for a safety. The next year, he comes back and have nine and a half sacks playing the safety position. So uh, the Twitter, the Twitter world, the Twitter universe, social media, uh, the accolades combined with the sacks, I believe, is the reasons why Jamal Adams is more of a household name. You know, this year, I don't think he's had the same type of production and, and he hasn't had the same type of impact and he doesn't have the same type of accolades. I don't think he's a pro bowler this year. Right. Sure, so I think a, a, a lot of those things factor into that. I Actually, I think media. the past defense has gotten worse since he's been there, I think. At last uh, year, the no defense. Yeah, I think it's got yeah. the past defense has gotten worse since he's been there. Yeah, it has. Secondary has gotten worse too. You mentioned he, um, played line, he plays linebacker, but his position on the field is supposed to be safety. He's an in-the-box linebacker kind of guy, so mm -hmm. I don't know what they would have expected with the way they run their defense, why he would work in that system, but that's up to the, their coaching staff to decide, I guess. Yeah. All right, well, I, I got one more topic for us before we go to final thoughts. So, A. Rich, what is, uh, what's the Bills' final record at the end of the season, and where do you think they are most likely to see – uh, 11, 11 and six, 11 and six is the, the final prediction record for the Buffalo Bills. Uh, the New England Patriots is, is a triumphant victory, right? In Foxborough, we feel, we feel great. We took back the AFC East, but there's two games left. There's two games left and the next game is just as important or more important than the last game we played. So we have to continue to take care of business against the Atlanta Falcons first and then the New York Jets before we actually can claim victorious and and, and crown ourselves AFC champs, AFC East champs. So um, 11 and six is definitely is definitely the goal for the Buffalo Bills. And I think they can get there. Uh, I'm not sure about the rest of the AFC in terms of their schedules, scheduling, but if you want okay, to. So let, let me give it to you real quick, right? All right. So the Titans play the Dolphins, right? So mm -hmm. let's say the Dolphins win out. They could potentially go to the playoffs in spite of the, of the Patriots, right? Mm -hmm. And then the, the Chiefs, the Titans, and the Bengals are ahead of us right now. The Bengals play the Chiefs next week. Mm -hmm. So if the Chiefs lose out because they play the, the Bengals and the um, Browns, then we have a shot at the one seed because we have a tiebreaker over the Chiefs. Mm -hmm. But if the Bengals, you know, win the final week, you know, they they be the one seed. They okay. be the two seed. Okay. But um, Tennessee, like I said, they have to play the Dolphins. So the Dolphins, I mean, so Tennessee would actually have, I'm so sorry, I'm rambling. The Dolphins, the Tennessee Titans would actually have to lose both their games because they have a tiebreaker over us. Um, so they'd be a two seed. So I'm confused, more confused than when you started. But, but, <laughs> I'm so but sorry. this is but, why I don't care as long but, as we win our games. I will tell you, I will tell you this. Uh, the Buffalo Bills, if you get the AFC East title, that's that's a four seed at worst, right? I tell you, I tell you one team I do not want to play. The Indianapolis Colts. Yep, same Colts. I don't. I, I do not want to give me any other team in the first round besides the Colts, and I'm fine. Amen. Amen. I don't want to see the Colts or the Chiefs sooner than we have to. Yes. Well, we were built to beat the Chiefs, so bring them on. I just don't not right now. Them, Let's see them play. Oh, yeah. Yeah. That's true. I don't want to touch that. Absolutely. Um, all right. So Vince Taylor, what is our final record, and where do you think we'll see? I think 11 and six is where we end up. I. I, I'm a little bit worried about the Falcons game, but I think we win it and the jets don't worry me at all. So um, 
I think there's a chance we can get up to the three seed. And I think we need to have Cincinnati lose a game Ooh. to either the Chiefs or Cleveland. And if we went out, I think we can get up to the three seed. And that puts us most likely with New England and uh, in our first round matchup. And I like that a lot. I like that a lot more than Indianapolis. Yeah. Mm. All right. Uh, Dan Kelly, who you got? What, you, what do you have and uh, where do you think we might see you? Man, they, they play two inferior opponents. If you're looking at records, if you're looking at teams, they should they should beat these guys. But A. Rich took a, took a page out of Sean McDermott's book and out of Josh Allen's book. It's all about this next game. When asked if that Patriots game was the most important of the season, they said no. The next game is the most important game of the season. I love that way of thinking. Atlanta this week, the Jets the next week. If you win both of them, who cares what goes on in the rest of the AFC? Mm-hmm. Yes, I'd be scared to play the Indianapolis Colts, but 11-6 and six for the Buffalo Bills. Are we going to be happy with 11-6? and six? I mean, it doesn't meet our expectations at the start of the season, but with an AFC East championship, I think we'll all be okay. Ultimately, I mean, you kind of guarantee a, a top four seat. You know, you host a playoff game at the very least. Exactly. Uh, Tiestel, well, what you got? What is our final record? Uh, our final record is eleven and two. Um, right now, the Dolphins are winning seventeen to three. So yeah, um, if they win out, that'll be great. But our next game is um, the Falcons, and they are in a playoff hunt, so they're desperate as well. So you know, if like for fans, you know, we don't want to see certain teams. For me, I'm a fan. I don't care. Bring the players are not thinking like we think they want to play whoever is in front of them. So I don't care who's there as long as we're there. So I don't care. Bring it. That's, that's very it's hard fair. to be. Just... It's hard to beat a team twice. So if Indy comes, I don't know if I want to play Indy at home. I would rather play Indy at Indy. In Indy. Yeah. You know what I mean? I would rather actually play any team. Away from where we're at, <laughs> crazy. Because it seems like they play better on the road. And I and I agree, and I agree, I agree with Vince here, man. Uh, Atlanta, Atlanta is, you know, I'm, I'm, I don't, I'm not concerned, but they, they worry. They're me desperate. They worry me. They have the weapons. They give me a mm-hmm. Jacksonville Jaguars kind of vibe. Yes, that way. I'll put it that way. Yeah. Who is their oh, big um, tight end? Uh, Kyle Pitts. Pitts. Yeah. Yep. Yeah, he's basically Julio Jones reincarnated. It's yeah. crazy. Um, all right. So let's get into final thoughts. Does anybody have anything they want to get off their mind? Any prediction for the Falcons? Any prediction for the rest of the AFC? Whatever you want to get off your mind, now is your chance. Dan Kelly, what you got? I'm not as angry at all of you as I seem. Uh, I love talking football. <laughs> My opinions may may be different than yours, but we're Maybe all strong. The same no, they're, they're very strong. I, I completely agree, 100%. All the love. Love all you guys. And uh, go Bills. That's my final thought. Absolutely. Absolutely. Thank you very much, Dan. Happy holidays to you, bro. Um, all right, so let's, let's go. Uh, Vince Taylor, what you got, man? Uh, if I was going to force you to pick – a quarterback to start your franchise with out of Tua, out of Zach Wilson, or out of Matt Jones. Oh my who, god. Who would you pick? And Justice, you can pick Baker Mayfield if you'd like. 
Okay. Just because well, I know you love, I know you love if Baker. If it's Baker Mayfield or Tyree Jackson, I'm going Tyree Jackson because I feel like he has more brings more to the table than Baker Mayfield. But okay, um, well, I'm going to go with Baker. Um, yeah, exactly. I'm going um, personally for me. I would say Zach Wilson. I feel like if I put him around something decent. He will definitely be better than Tua because he's garbage. But then, um, you know, Mac Jones is is like I said, he's he's like the he's so mediocre. He's like the he's just so mediocre. It's so like he's not good, but he's also not bad. It's just like the definition of mediocre. Okay. Any of you other guys have any answer? Zach Wilson. Zach Wilson. Zach Wilson. We got, we got Zach Wilson. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Zach Wilson. All right. I'll take two of them, but I don't like it either. I don't like any of them, but I, I would take two. <laughs> yeah, I, 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 that's, yeah, two is all, awful. But, but so tonight. Take tonight. <laughs> is he doing well tonight? I mean, he had a pick, so it's, I mean, I've been in and out of the game, so I really don't. I know they got 17 points, so all right. well, their defense what, is strong. Your, What's your final thoughts for tonight, T? Um, listen, I anytime I get on a podcast with my guys, I love it. So I'm just here so I don't get fined. <laughs> no, just kidding. But <laughs> but you know, uh, we are. I love it. Just I love it. Um, go Bills. Absolutely. And the Bills and the Bills better pick up Isaiah's um option or is he? He's a free agent, right? Because agent, yeah. I was listening to a Patriots podcast today, and they are saying that Bill Belichick is has his eye out on on Isaiah McKenzie. Oh so. Lord, do not yep. need that. Do not need an Isaiah McKenzie running around the AFC East, not playing for Buffalo. That would be awful. That would um, be. Don't you put unless... that evil on me, T? Don't you <laughs> real. Hey. I, just I, I always resign him. Right. I always listen to um the opposite um the opponent's podcast after, even if we lose or win, I go on and listen. And today they were talking a lot about Isaiah looks good in the in the Patriots, in the Patriots uniform. They was calling him um what was the slot player? Not um not Edelman before him. Woker, no West West Yes. yes. They was calling him that. They had a lot of good slot players. That's crazy. Mm-hmm. All right. And, and last but not least, the, the boss man himself, King Rich, what, what's your final words for tonight, bro? Oh, man. This uh, excellent show, lady, gentlemen. Excellent show. Uh, I, I really appreciate y'all. Uh, great victory. Great victory. Uh, aggression. Aggression. That, that's, that's, that's what I, I, I take away from, from all of this. The Buffalo Bills were aggressive. And the Buffalo Bills, in my opinion, should stay aggressive for the rest of the season. It was aggressive in, in their approach, right? We don't care. It's fourth down. We're going for it. We want a touchdown. We don't want a field goal, right? I, I, I like that approach. I like that aggressiveness. I like the aggressive play calling. Fourth down, we're going to go for it. But guess what? We're not going to do a sneak. We're going to hit a bootleg because we're going to put the ball in our best hand, best player's hands to make the play. Uh, I like the aggressiveness on the defensive side of the ball. We're not going to sit back and play zone the whole game. Mm-hmm. We're going to blitz corners. We're going to blitz safeties. We're going to blitz linebackers, right? So that aggressiveness uh, is also a reason why we see an uptick in play uh, from the Buffalo Bills. And I think that is uh, that is an identity we need to take 
and have to carry with us through the rest of the season. And hopefully we could propel straight through the playoffs into the Super Bowl because of that aggression. That aggression gives the Buffalo Bills uh, identity and that identity uh, presents fear. So stay aggressive. Absolutely. Absolutely. Um, oh, man, this this has been amazing. Um, I, I told these guys, you know, before we started, you know, this is obviously a holiday special of the wind chill factor i mean with a name like the wind chill factor christmas time is like your bread and butter you know what i mean like Absolutely. it's like snow well it hasn't been snowy but you know it's that that type of vibe or whatever and, and i wanted this episode to be special you know i brought on some guys who i really respect um uh, all of you guys you know you're you're just you guys have made you know my bib family uh you know you know just the whole time here special and um, i'm glad that i've I've made, you know, met you guys. I've, I've had the opportunity to, you know, be a relationship with you guys. And I just, uh, I'm glad all of you guys took the time out on your, you know, Monday night to do this show with me. So I appreciate, you know, uh, all of you guys for coming through. Obviously we have Miss Tia Stell again from Not Your Average Podcast in the, in uh, 716. You want to let everybody know where they can find you? Um, you can find me on the Buffalo Building Buffalo Network. I drop on Sundays. I also go live on Thursdays at two o'clock on the Facebook page of the Building Buffalo Network. Come over there and spend some time with me and Mike. Absolutely, absolutely. Mike is my man. He's crazy. It's always awesome to be on this show. Um, Thank so, you again, um, Vince Taylor. Buffalo on the pain uh, every single Monday. Uh, thank you for joining the show. I just want to let everybody know where they can find you. Yes, I am at Podcast Vince on the Bird app, and that is my only social media that I have. So that's the only place you can find me unless you find me here with Justice sometimes randomly. Yeah, and I'm always going to have Vince anytime I can. So you get used to that. You know, so we'll see more of that in the future for sure. Um, of course, we got Mr. Akeem Richens. A rich, let everybody know where they can find you, man. Uh, King Rich underscore 987 BIB. Uh, catch me this week, Bill's Allergy, 9 p.m. Eastern Time. Uh, this Sunday pregame show is a lot to discuss with Dan Kelly. He does an excellent job orchestrating the pregame show, so look out for that. Look out for Conflict of Interest that drops every Sunday morning with myself, with my brother Dan Kelly. Uh, I appreciate everybody, I appreciate everybody that was in the comment section today. And uh, not last but not least, uh, go Bills. 100%. I, I have to say, Dan Kelly is an amazing host. Um, you know, when we do the pregame show, he absolutely knocks it out of the park. And I love Dan because I get under his skin a little bit, you know, because we disagree a lot. So it's cool when I can just, you know what I'm saying, press his, push his little buttons. It's, it's fun. But um, obviously, Dan is my man. Uh, you know, he's been here for a little while. And um, I, I absolutely love the work he does. So uh, let everybody know where they can find you, Dan. You can find me getting on Akeem's Last Nerve each and every Sunday on the Conflict of Interest podcast. I host the pregame show. Don't miss the postgame show with Akeem Richard and myself and I. Nice. 100%. So, again, thank you, everybody, for joining us. Not only this amazing uh, cast of people we have tonight, we have amazing people in, in the comment section. You guys join every week. And um so appreciative of the support you guys give us. You know, um, like, comment subscribe all that um and you guys do it all you guys are amazing so thank you so much for your um your support uh thank you to everybody who joined us thank you to all of you guys uh, you know who joined me tonight 
Uh, this is the Bills of Buffalo Podcast Network. We are out. Go Bills.